0: Thank you for joining us here at First Love Podcast with the First Presbyterian Church of Jacksonville, Illinois. Reverend Jonathan Warren has titled his sermon today, Being Salty. Our scripture reading is taken from Isaiah 58, 1-9a. Our gospel reading is taken from Matthew 5, 13-20. The liturgist for today is Steve Holt. Our special music performed by the Chancel Choir is titled, Praise to the Lord Our God. The Children's Time is led by Mary Lou Lail. We thank you once again for joining us, and we pray that you have a prosperous, peaceful, and healthy week, both spiritually and physically. God bless.
1: The scripture reading is from Isaiah 58, 1-9a. Let us listen to the word of God. Shout out, do not hold back. Lift up your voice like a trumpet. Announce to my people their rebellion, to the house of Jacob their sin. Yet, day after day, they seek me and delight to know my ways, as if they were a nation that practiced righteousness and did not forsake the ordinance of their God. They ask of me righteous judgments. They delight to draw near to God. Why do we fast but do not see? Why humble ourselves but do not notice? Look, you serve your own interests on the fast day and oppress your workers. Look, you fast only to quarrel and to fight and to strike with a wicked fist. Such fasting as you do today will not make your voice heard on high. It is such a fast that I choose a day to humble oneself? Is it to bow down like uh, the head, like the bulrush, to lie down in sackcloth and ashes? Will you call this a fast, a day acceptable to the Lord? Is this not the fast that I have chose to loose the bonds of injustice, to undo the thongs of the yoke, to let the oppressed go free and to break every yoke—is this not to share your bread with the hungry and bring homeless the homeless poor into your house? Uh, when you see the naked, do you cover them? And do you not hide yourself from your own kin? Then let the light sh- the light shall break forth like the dawn, and your healing shall spring up quickly. Your vindicator shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. Then you shall call, and the Lord will answer. You shall cry for help, and he will say, here I am. This is the word of God. The thanks be to God.
2: gospel reading comes to us from Matthew chapter 5 verses 13 through 20. Let us listen to the word of God. You are the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its taste, how can its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything, but is thrown out and trampled underfoot You are the light of the world. A city built on a hill cannot be hid. No one, after lighting a lamp, puts it under the bushel basket, but on the lampstand, and gives it light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have come not to abolish, but to fulfill Unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and the Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. With Valentine's Day being less than 10 days away, I'm going to change just a few words of today's scripture reading. You are the chocolate of the earth. But if chocolate has lost its taste then Valentine's Day goes down the tubes. And how can its chocolate goodness be restored? It is no longer good for anything or for anyone. Your date will be unhappy and throw you out. When I was a kid, I remember seeing a giant chocolate bar, and I wanted it. I was warned it wouldn't taste good by itself since it was baker's chocolate, and I thought to myself... That's impossible. How can chocolate taste bad? Then I ate it, and I discovered very quickly that unsweetened chocolate is gross. It was bitter and inedible. I couldn't spit it out fast enough. And If you give unsweetened baker's chocolate to someone on Valentine's Day, you'd likely be in trouble unless they're a baker. Now, our actual scripture reading, Jesus doesn't talk about chocolate. Instead, Jesus talks about salt, losing its saltiness. Now, with the limited science knowledge I have, this doesn't sound possible, right? So I asked a few scientists, Lauren Range, Clayton Spencer, and they said table salt is mostly uh, sodium chloride, and it's a very, very stable compound. So it will not lose its flavor, right? We know this. Now salt used as seasoning could come from a variety of sources, evaporated seawater, mined, salt mines. It could be from marshes near the shore, like when the water evaporates, leaving behind a crust of salt. And these sources, especially the last one, are likely to contain some impurities. Some salts have additives, and those can expire or become bad. I would imagine being near the Dead Sea, where they collected salt that might have had impurities in it. After a while, they become very bad. So, they told me, if we are the salt of the earth, but mix too much of other impure substances, we too can become no longer good for anything. I think our clever scientists and friends might be onto something here. Jesus also says, You are the light of the world. The city built on a hill cannot be hid, as we saw. No one, after lighting a lamp, puts it under a bushel basket. The purpose of salt is to cleanse, to preserve, to enhance the flavor of food purpose of a light or a lamp is so that we can see in the dark so it can shine bright if they don't do the very things they're supposed to do then they become worthless or pointless unhelpful now those listening to Jesus message are likely feeling inspired and excited and renewed feels like it's new and vibrant that Jesus is about bringing about change. But Jesus has to walk a very fine line because he's preaching about change. It's hard to change. While his message is fresh and new, inspiring and different, he's also wading into an old established culture and religion. It's actually more complex than most of us realize. There were many different factions within Judaism at the time. In fact, the cultural understanding at the time was that religion and politics, they weren't separate, which is a lot different than our current understanding, separation of church and state. Since the Romans occupied the land during the first century, many questions emerged from various religious authorities, and each faction or group had a different response or understanding to these Many of us know about the Pharisees. They're probably the most well-known to us, but this group was divided in their understanding of Rome. Some Pharisees opted for the sword, taking up arms against Romans, while others recognized they were no match to the Roman soldiers, opting for ghetto, private study and practice of the Torah, and then another group were the Sadducees who were realistic collaborators. They recognized that Rome, the occupier, was blessed by God. So this faction of Judaism worked and collaborated with their occupier. Another faction were the Zealots. If this were Star Wars, then the Zealots would be the resistance. They believed God called them to take up weapons to fight against the empire Finally, one other faction of Judaism were the Essenes. The group did not want to be anywhere near this corruption and politics, so they intentionally lived outside of Jerusalem. This was the group who had the Dead Sea Scroll, so they were far outside. John the Baptist, we wonder, is he an Essene? They were a lot like some monasteries. They believed in communal living, daily cleansing, almost ritual purification like baptism, and voluntary poverty. So today, when Jesus is preaching to the Jews among him, it isn't a collective body of people. He's preaching to many different views, beliefs, and understandings, and he cleverly weaves the new with the old he's preaching to the diametrically and theologically opposed the peacemakers and the warmongers yet Jesus message isn't about discord it, instead it's about unity it's about bringing the old and the new together Jesus message is not to abolish the old laws it's about fulfilling them in fact Jesus says we must recognize the importance in both the old and the new, in order to fulfill our purpose. And if we don't, then we will be salt that loses its saltiness. We'll be a lamp under a bushel basket. Now today we face this constantly as a church, as the body of Christ, both the larger church and ours. We're a church with many different beliefs and opinions. We interpret Scripture differently. Our differences especially became more apparent during COVID. As we begin to stretch beyond COVID, we are struggling to find our purpose at times. Luckily, we're not alone in this task. In fact, we share similar dynamics to first century Judaism. Even though we separate church and state, we have become factions that struggle in answering important questions. It's like we're adolescents or teenagers, life is very complicated and stressful. Christianity struggles. Our denomination, our church is struggling. We, we don't know what to do at times. It's hard to figure out a way forward. We don't understand these younger generations. We understand Christ's message of love, grace, and peace. But even that message seems like a hard sell these days it can feel like we're not all on the same page. We're not always the best at wading through the old and the new. If you know anything about Kodak, they actually invented the first digital camera, .01 megapixels. Steven Sasson created a Rube Goldberg-like contraption in the mid 70s, a year before the personal computer was invented. Mr. Sasson shared it with marketing, technological, and business executives, and though the quality was poor, Mr. Sasson had told them that the resolution would improve rapidly as technology advanced. He even talked about sending images, it was possible to send them on a telephone line. He estimated, as they asked how long it would take him. It would take 15 to 20 years for digital photography to compete with 110 color film. Now, they decided there was no profitability in digital cameras. The main objections came from the marketing and business sides. Kodak had a virtual monopoly on the U.S. photography market and made money on every step of the photographic process. So they scrapped it saying it would do more harm to their business. Now imagine if someone on top, someone on the board realized the potential, saying this is the future. Let's figure out a way. We need all opinions on board. The blending of the old and the new could have propelled them to be the innovators that they had right there. But they didn't. Kodak scrapped it and ended up declaring bankruptcy in 2012. Jesus ushered in the kingdom of God to a diverse and deeply divided and fractured people. He was salty salt, He was the purest, He was the brightest light didn't stop there. He told these people who were fractured, you, you are the salt of the world. You, you are the light of the world. He's able to blend the new and the old. He spoke and delivered a message of grace, forgiveness, reconciliation, Now, when we become afraid, when we feel worthless, when we feel or are fractured, we don't use our differences or our diversity to propel us forward. It becomes contrary to what Christ teaches us. It becomes contrary to our reformed heritage be reformed and always reforming. There might be less Christians today in America than ever before. There might be less cooperation among different spectrums than in a long time. There may be more dom- denominations, more opinions. But even with all of those things, as long as we focus on Jesus Christ and his purpose, then we have a purpose. It's to blend our different ideas, to be diverse, to share all of our opinions together. Not for consensus, but to bring about the kingdom of God. To share justice, to share love, to share peace. You are the salt of the world. You are the light. We're called to be salty. We're called to be light in this dark world. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.
0: If you found this podcast inspirational and would like to support the First Love Ministry programs at First Presbyterian Church, please send any contributions to First Presbyterian Church at 870 West College, Jacksonville, Illinois. Our zip code is 62650. Our phone is 217-245-4189. You can contact our secretary there between the hours of 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Monday through Friday. Our email is office at firstpresjax.org That's office at f-i-r-s-t-p-r-e-s-j-a-x dot o-r-g Masks are now optional anywhere in the church. Our in-person church services start at 10 a.m. on Sunday. Access to our online church service starts at 9.55 a.m. You can listen to these live services on our Facebook page, which is www.facebook.com slash first, F-I-R-S-T, P-R-E-S, You can join our Facebook group called First Petraterians with a Purpose. We have a choir that meets from 7 to 8 p.m. every Thursday night, And we welcome all who are willing to sing. We look forward to hearing from you. Either by email, mail, or phone. God bless. And may you have a peaceful and safe year.